Let's get to Brad and Jody. Uh, Brad, you just popped in. Let's make sure the headphones are sounding good. How are you doing, Brad? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. And uh, we got Jody Norstead back on the phone line. Jody is a fan of the XFL. Jody, what did you think of this past uh, debut weekend of the XFL, Jody? Go Battlehawks, baby. That, that's my <laughs> squad. I picked it at probably about a year ago, I think. A year or nine months ago or something like that in our office, you know. Greg Anchors from our office went with the Seattle Dragons. He's a Seattle Seahawks fan. Obviously, no Minnesota team. But I'm going with the Battlehawks, and they're the only team that went on the road in the first week, and then they got to crack open their Bud Light Seltzers and uh, <laughs> celebrate. So I'm all aboard uh, this squad right now. Nice, nice. I like it. I like it. Well, we're not here talking about the XFL, even though I'm sure Jody would love a half hour of it with the conversation Brett and I had with them earlier this week. But uh, before we get to that, guys, and a little bit more of, you know, Class A title contenders, the new Class A basketball poll will come out here uh, at 7 o'clock. Devil's Lake, the only undefeated team on the girls' side, on the boys' side. A nice, uh, really, on the western side in the Class A boys' basketball, there's about six or seven teams who are going to be battling for, for a spot. And in the east, it seems like it's Fargo, Davies, West Fargo, Cheyenne. You got a mix of Red River, Devils Lake, West Fargo, and then kind of everybody else. But best winter sports story to this point, Brad, I'll start with you. When you just kind of take a look into this 2019 into 2020, there has been some milestones broken. There has been some winning streaks that have came to an end on either side of the river. What has kind of been your best story so far, Brad? There are two uh, that I was, when you threw that question out to us, I had to start thinking about it, and I know one that you brought up was South Shanley Hawking beating Central, and the one reason I say that is not so much that they did it was the fact that I think for the first time in a couple of years that that hockey tournament is not going to be Central versus the field. The East is pretty good. Um, South Shanley's pretty good. Um, Red River's been up and down. I know yep. They had a tough week last week, but they played some pretty good opponents, lost to War Odin. Uh, and Davies has been very good as well, and they all kind of beat up on each other. And then out west, you know, there's Minot, but they've kind of struggled when they've played teams from the east. And then, uh, you know, I don't know if there's a, a team from the west that can has proven that they can beat somebody from the east, but I think just because of that, because that tournament, yeah, Central's probably still the favorite, but I don't know if they're the insurmountable favorite. And then the other one I want to go to is on the Minnesota side of the river. I was just kind of thinking about this. You have uh, Henning. Yes, a small town, mm-hmm. 800 people, and I think their basketball teams are a combined. I think I looked it up; they're 40 and three, <laughs> and and both have you know. And everybody knows the Henning boys basketball story with Jacob Quam getting killed, and they they kind of rode that uh, rode that tidal wave of emotion to a state title last year. They certainly have a chance to get back there again, and their girls team is 21 and two. I mean. I grew up in a small town, and if you have one good team every five or six years, and that's really good, I mean, that's it's something you're always going to treasure. But to have two and have them both legitimately having a chance to go to the state tournament. That's that's a wonderful that's a wonderful story and I, I I hope it happens. He's Brad Anderson of 103 on the truck and going to Henning to Brad's point just to put the gravy on top. The boys are ranked number two in the latest Class 1A poll. The girls are ranked number four. So that's pretty good when you got yeah. two teams that are in the top ten and top four respectively in Class 1A in Minnesota. I've seen their girls team twice and they beat a pretty good Double A team in Perm and then I saw them against Frazee. and they didn't look quite as sharp. There was I was at that Heart of Lakes Day in Moorhead over at Moorhead High. But they've got Ellie Dague, who has been was injured her freshman and sophomore years, and she's their leader. Um, she's their leader as a guard, uh, their point guard, and she's capable of going off for 25 a night. And 
they, they got a nice group there, but that section's going to be awfully good. they got to deal with Ada and West Central, and, and Park Christian's got a great player at Munchenbachers. That's going to be a very good section to, to follow. As we navigate this three-man weave, let's go back to the phone line with Jody Norston of Midco Sports Network. Jody, I, I know we're February the 12th, and anytime we get to this point, there's probably going to be better stories down the line just because we're going to get to tournaments and you know win and you advance, lose and you, you go home. But up to this point, Jody, what's been one or two of your uh, best stories or winner stories that you've kind of had so far that you've covered? Well, I think what we've seen with the girls' uh, hockey program over at Davies now, still undefeated. They had that big 1-0 overtime win against North-South last night. So I think that's kind of an interesting story, how they've kind of come in. And we're actually doing a feature story, so that it's almost a shameless plug for me that they got two (laughs) seniors on that team. They started with eight in their class as freshmen, and now they're the only two seniors left. And Faith Morris and Paige Hansen kind of leading the way for that program. And, and what they're trying to do is become the first team not called the Bismarck Blizzard to win since 2014 to win a state title. And, uh, that I mean, it, it's shocking what the Blizzard have been able to do. And obviously, they're still going to be there in the end. Uh, and they're going to have to somehow go through them. But uh, I think this Davies Girls hockey program, what Josh Isertel has been able to do with them, uh, pursuing their first state championship possibly, maybe it comes this year. Uh, I think that's a pretty cool story. Brad already covered the boys' hockey race and how wacky that is that just uh, all of a sudden we're seeing a little bit more parity than what we've seen years past where it's either Central or Red River dominating. Now we have South Shanley up in there. We have Davies up in there. It's going to be just an interesting EDC tournament and then an interesting state tournament, what comes out of that uh, standing out there. And then I think for boys' basketball, the thing that's really caught my attention this winter has been the individual efforts of guys like Grant Nelson and Bo Gunberg, two guys that are going to go to NDSU. Uh, Bowden from Jamestown, we just saw him drop 49 the other night. He had 45 earlier this season uh, to go with like 10 boards or something like that. He's leading the WDA in points scored. He's leading it in rebounding. And I think, you know, Nelson is doing the same thing for Devils Lake and then the entire conference in the EDC. So those two guys are flourishing right now. Devils Lake, not... <coughs> excuse me, not doing as well team-wise. They're right in the middle, you know, 10-7 and seven overall, 10-6 and six in the EDC. Uh, but what those two guys have been able to do is, is pretty surprising. And, you know, Ty Satter, what he did the other night with Davies with the 12 threes. And, and that Davies team is just loaded, by the way. And Cheyenne, another talented team. But uh, it's going to be a fun race in, in Class A basketball this season. And the one thing I'm going to go to, just the stories that are, that are going to be building right now, is the team Hatton Northwood. And I kind of look at Hat Northwood in Region 2 for boys basketball. It's been a while that we're not talking Thompson or Grafton or Hillsborough Central Valley being 1-2-3 that you're seeing the thunder of Hat Northwood. And they got a date with Kindred next week that's going to be a fun Region 1, Region 2 cross matchup. But all of a sudden I'm looking at it, guys, and in Region 1, Kindred hasn't been to state since the early 2000s. Enderland hasn't been to state since 1996. Richland got to state last year, but there was a, there was a gap for, for, gap, for, yeah. for down in Colfax for, for those folks. So you're going to have some different teams, and Northern Cast is trying to get back to state as well, and you still got Oak Grove in there in the mix, and Central Cast has been so close in so many games this year in Region 1. 
I'm just kind of looking and saying, I, I can look on the Class B boys' side, Brad, and I go even to Region 3, Strasburg, Zealand, the Clippers, Edgley, Colum, Montpelier. I mean, we might see some teams that we haven't seen at a State B boys' basketball tournament for a while if this continues to hold right now. Yeah, I'm trying to think Strasburg got in like, two three years ago, I think. Brody Newsma was a really good player for him. and uh, But, yeah, that's, you know, Region 1, I don't recall – this being as wide open as it's been i think over the past decade you there was there was a team or two that you looked at and say i think it's going to be a or b and, and oak grove was normally one of them right? typically yeah and i would say even richland i think most people looked at them as the favorite last year um and they got it they got it done had a good showing at state but yeah it is it is really interesting and region two is that way too is it finally had north hat northwood's year to go um hillsborough central valley i think is still there with with headings guard and and what Oscar Benson and Reed can give him, and um, Region One. I'll tell you what. Um, I, I kind of thought Kindred was the leader in the clubhouse, and I think they still might be. But Enderlin proved me a lot. Last, they showed me a lot last night against Central Cass. Uh, they've had two games in a row now against two pretty good opponents, against Oaks and against Central Cass, and all five starters at double figures. And now they got Richland coming up. Yep. Well, then that's either we're going to find out how good they are. They got Richland coming up. They have Oak Grove at home. They have. Um, uh, they end with Kindred, Kindred end yep. season with Kindred too. So, um, yeah, they have not hit the meat. Of the, well, they have played a pretty good schedule, and they, but they have not really hit the meat of the Region One schedule. But they've got Gus Herbert back now, and talking with Calvin Kraft last night, their guards have been able to hit some shots. Yeah. Nixon and Lemna and uh, Carson Bartholomew has played very. He had like 15 and eight last night. Um, so it's not just the Hurlbirds that I mean, and obviously Gus and Joe create huge matchup problems, and they are definitely an X factor. But some of the some of the guys around him are, are getting the job done. And if they do that, well, the Eagles are going to be tough. So we talked a little yeah. Region One boys, and, and Jody, I'm going to flip it to you here, just because we're not we're not on a time crunch, but because I want to get to Class A a little bit more too. I'm going to flip it to you for the for the Class B girls right now. You know, I mean, I think to Brad's point in terms of there's always been a 1A or 1B on the boys' side. Kindred's been the team on the girls' side recently, and I think we've seen Central Cass and Northern Cass is going to play Kindred at the end of the year here to finish up uh, the Region 1 play next week. But if there's a team, not just specifically in Region 1, Jody, but a team across the state in Class B this year to you know, take the longest winning streak now in the state in Kindred with what they've been able to do. The defending champs, Perry Piat's got that team cooking. Now Sam Branch has taken it over. And if you talk to Sam, it's championship or bust. That's how she coaches. She wants she wants a title or it's not a good season. Is there a team out there, Jody, that could beat Kindred come a state tournament, barring that Kindred does get through the regional one tournament, Jody? Well, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, they have the, the superstar sophomores. Uh, the trio of Karen Johnson and Fryer and and obviously Abby Dukeshire. It's just it, this Kindred team, guys. I think we're we're seeing something that's just absolutely historic on on what this program is going to be able to do. You know, last year and going back a couple years when they won one with with Mary Piotz and and now seeing if they're going to win another one and go back to back. I mean, it's just uh, Abby Dukeshire is a an unbelievable talent that I think that we really need to embrace as a state and just, you know, watch her uh, flourish. And I know softball is her best sport, but it's been fun to watch her in basketball. But if you're looking for a team to to possibly knock them off, you know, it's tough. I mean, Kidder County is one of those teams that kind of has some some good leadership. I believe the young lady's name is Madeline Schmidt that that kind of leads them. And uh, they do a great job defensively. Rugby does a nice job defensively. Langdon Edmore Munich with, with Ron again and um, 
and uh, Fridgy. I mean, two girls that helped lead them to a state volleyball title. Uh, here they are, just get, you know, ho-hum, ho-hum, undefeated, kind of nipping at the heels of Kindred in the state rankings week in and week out. I think that's a team that yeah, they, they could certainly give them fits. Uh, Lane and Munich just beat Grafton uh, a week ago, and I, I just think it's, there, there are teams, but gosh, guys, I'd be hard-pressed to just say that, yep, they're going to knock off Kindred. It, it, you just don't feel like there's any certainty behind that statement because the Vikings are just uh, such a talented team. Yeah, 32 straight wins for Kindred. Now, they they have a ways to go to get to Bishop Ryan's 81 in Class B straight, and then you got Fargo-Shanley's 70-plus winning streak against Class A and Class B competition, too. But if they can get the job done this year and get to 40-some, all of a sudden we start going, okay, put the mat together. You might, if they get to another state tournament next season, Brad, they, they could possibly be doing something where Jody would be doing another expose on a specific team, and it'd be Kendrick trying to get to 60, 70 wins. Well, and I was thinking about last last night when you, uh, you kind of emailed the topics out and we were going we were going to discuss, and I think, man, you know, they they got to the final in 15, they lost to Ryan at the end of Bishop Ryan's run, and then they won. It's like, man, if they if they run the board this year, Boy, we might be, you know, I don't. We might be get, we might be getting back to that uh, t- uh, type of territory again with 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 Kindred. You almost kind of, you, you almost don't want to say that too loudly because <laughs> they've got two more years of this, and and I don't maybe maybe Sam it doesn't bother Sam with that with that attitude saying you know if we if we don't win this whole thing, you know what did we what did we do right and so yeah I mean it, it is there there is the potential for that I. I know Grafton gave them a very, very tough, uh, tough game right around uh, New Year. I think it was New Year's Eve. In fact, they were leading going into the fourth quarter. I think Langdon has the athletes to keep up, mm-hmm. and I think has the length to keep up with them to do that. Um, I think Central Cass has the depth, but I just don't know if they can withstand that for 32 minutes. It'll be curious to see what Northern Cass does on Monday because the Jags have already locked up a number three seed. Um, not that they don't have anything to play for, but I think they can play and kind of just let it all hang out. And I, I think that'll right. be interesting to see because I think Northern Cass has, can do a little bit more offensively than Central Cass can because I know they're going to get points out of Crockett, and they've got some pretty good shooters uh, with Treader and Slinger comes off the bench, and they've got some length inside with Lucas and Nelson. I think in Region 1, they match up maybe a little bit better than Central Cass, but... Um, I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll get a preview on Monday night. Yeah, we'll find out a little bit more when those two teams battle uh, Monday. As Brad was saying, Jody, let's toss it back to you. Let's go to Class A right now. I mean, we're we're a couple weeks away from the respective EDC and WDA tournaments, and the WDA boys right now is looking to be a dandy. There could be six or seven teams that you can make an argument for, especially, Jody, you mentioned Bowden Scumberg earlier. Dry, a guy drops almost a half a century. He drops almost 50 points in a game. And Jamestown still loses to Dickinson. That's how crazy it's been out west this season, Jody. And then Dickinson turns right around, and Mandan knocks him off. And Mandan picks up their <laughs> fifth straight win. I mean, it's absolute chaos. And all of a sudden, you're seeing, you're seeing Bismarck Century down there in one, two, three, four, five, fifth spot in the fifth spot right now in the standings. The Century has a ten and six conference record, so it's uh, the teams are just beating up on each other. It, they really are. And Bismarck and Minot have been scoring like crazy. Jackson Dunville is a is a sharp shooter, and Bismarck just said everyone seems to chip in and, and get things going. But it's the WDA tournament, guys. It's going to be insane. It's going to be highly competitive. And, and and Legacy is another team that's won five in a row. And I think that was we televised the game between Mandan and Legacy. Mandan 
won that game. They haven't lost since. Legacy lost that game, and now they haven't lost since. So we have two teams that are coming, kind of rising from the ashes. Legacy's been ravaged by injuries all season, so they're playing with uh, <laughs> Coach Horner talking with him. He's just like, what's going to happen next? You know, they had a guy get the flu uh, the day that we were televising their game, and that was after having four or five guys out with, with season-ending injuries. So uh, I think Jamestown obviously the favorites. Um, even with the loss to Dickinson, you know, I think with Bowden Schoenberg, just that star power, a guy that you can rely on in clutch situations, obviously being the defending state champ, not having Walters around anymore kind of hurts them. But uh, And they have the bullseye on their back. But I just, it, it's going to be a crap shoot, guys. And it's going to be, and that's what makes really entertaining basketball, right? Is just uh, all these teams know that they can beat anyone. Dickinson's sitting down there in uh, seventh place right now in the conference but they just beat the first-place team in the conference. That's just how wacky it is. It's one of those things, too, even on the EDC. I know we could talk about Ty Satter and Cole Hage and, and Hammond for Davies, or we can talk about the Terrarks and Blake Bergs on on West Fargo Cheyenne. By the way, they match up on February the 27th again if you want to see a pretty good EDC basketball game at West Fargo Cheyenne High School. But I kind of toss it to the girls' side here, Brad, a little bit. And, you know, as much as we were talking about the West and how crazy it is, the West with no Lauren Ware, Bismarck Legacy, Bismarck Century seem to be 1A and 1B, to your point earlier about Region 1. But on on the EDC side, Brad, you got Hadley Huber and Riley Payne for Shanley. They've done really well. They just knocked off Fargo Davies here last week, but Davies has a, a Riley Watcha, Grand Forks, whatever, on overtime, almost picked off Devil's Lake at Devil's Lake. So there is kind of that parody a little bit. Then you're never sure what you're going to get with the Cheyenne or West Fargo team who are kind of hanging there in the weeds and going, hey, Cheyenne made a state tournament last year too, and Coach Heinz has got that team back even losing to Maggie Manson. And West Fargo last year, Brad, was maybe be a minute or two away from getting to state and not sending Maggie Manson and West Fargo Cheyenne to state. Yeah, it's been interesting. It's just, uh, you know, Devil's Lake's kind of withstood every every challenge. I mean, I think, what was it? I think the last two or three home games, they've been down and they've been able to come back and win. And I always just say that is a tough, the sports center is a tough place to play. I, I've I've never done a high school game. I've done junior college ball there with Lake Region. I always find it's just a difficult place to, to win. I think just because a lot of times it's a long road trip. Uh, they've got a good fan base, and I, I think they, they've got a home court advantage there. You know, the other thing that's kind of like, we've kind of seen Chanley and Davies kind of go up and down. Davies has recovered well after that loss to Wapiton. I think that kind of took some people aback. And, and it doesn't seem like every year Red River is always, always a team. Kent Ripplinger's got that team, and they're never – they never really stand out, but they're always solid every year. They always right. seem, they always seem to go about eleven, you know, win about eleven, yep. twelve, thirteen conference games, and they're always in the mix to try and get to the state tournament. Just every year, it seems that way. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens in the next couple of weeks with frenzy, and then obviously once we get to March for the madness. Jody, what do you got coming up on Mico Sports Network before I let you go, sir? Well, like I mentioned, uh, feature coming up on uh, those two Davies hockey, uh, Davies hockey girls uh, seniors. So that looking forward to that, and then we have a blog coming out uh, about. Uh, I did this last year to show where all the North Dakota high school players have either signed or committed to play college football next season. Uh, so looking forward to posting that. And then, of course, we have NDSU hoops on uh, Thursday and Friday. So it should be fun. Perfect. Brad, I know you got some games coming up on the truck. Uh, yes, we do. We've got, uh, let's see here. i got to think. But we got, we got, <laughs> we've got, we've got, we'll run them together. We've got Northern Cass and Enderlin girls tomorrow. Northern Cass, Central Cass boys on Friday, which will be good. And uh, next week we've got a couple of games. We've got Central Cast Maple Valley next Tuesday, and 
And then we get into the the playing round for the girls yes. in Region One too. So we're kind of kind of waiting to see how that all shakes out. Uh, the two main schools we follow are going to get first round by, so we're kind of waiting to see um, uh, what first round matchup we'll do. So yeah, well, uh, and now we've got Richland Richland and Northern Cast boys next week too. It should be fun. It will be a lot of fun. By the way, state tournament wrestling already next week. So yes. we're already right into February frenzy. Brad and Jody, thank you very much as always for coming on, and I'm sure I'll see you at a court or a gymnasium near you at some point. Okay. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Chase. You bet. That, again, is Brad Anderson of 103.9 The Truck and Jody Norstead of Midco Sports Network with us here on our Wings and Rings Coaches show. Brad, you know, I looked down at your roster, and I kind of looked down at your schedule this year, and uh, safe to say you've put a challenge together this season. you still got a couple more ranked teams with a really good Region 2 opponent at Northwood than what might be a Region 1 regular season title in Enderlin coming down the line here in the next couple weeks, Coach. Yeah, we plan on putting together as strong a schedule as we possibly could. Um, we always think it thinks it prepares us for the end of the season uh, come March. So the schedule's been tough. It's been challenging, but in the same token, it's been very good for us. You know, the one thing about Region 1 boys basketball, which I can remember going back to when it was District 2 tournament, the last District 2 tournament was at the Fargo Civic Center, and that was really good from top to bottom. Then you go to the Super Region now the last couple of years, and it just seems like every year in Region 1, Brad, there's not just maybe one or two teams. There could be three, four, five, six teams on any given night that can beat someone, and I think that's safe to say that's going on in the 2019-2020 season, Brad, that any given night someone can beat another team here in this region. I agree with you 100%. I think there's a lot of parity in Region 1 this year. Uh, There are a lot of very good teams, a lot of competitive teams, um, and there are teams that can beat uh, each other on any given night. doesn't really matter the seed. Um, It's going to be very interesting uh, come March. And, you know, at the end of the day, too, it's got to be kind of fun when you're playing really well, but also the girls' basketball team is playing really well. I'm guessing basketball fever's been in Kindred the last couple weeks here, Brad. Yeah, it's been an exciting year for basketball in Kindred. Girls are having an excellent year. They're undefeated right now, and uh, they're the number one seed in the state and also in the region. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, and hopefully that continues. Before we kind of talk a little bit more about uh, your players and your personnel this season, Brad, uh, just kind of what, what, let's go back, what got you into coaching, what sparked your interest in and, uh, kind of just getting into the gym and having that whistle every day, so to speak, and, you know, kind of what got you into coaching, Brad? Well, I think it's being around the game and being around the kids. Um, I still really enjoy going to the gym every day, um, especially early in the season and kind of seeing the progress our team makes and our individuals make as the season goes on. It's still a lot of fun. Uh, I still have uh, the fire still burns, so as long as I I have that, uh, I'll continue to do it. And, you know, the one thing that I think a lot of people that will probably ask you specifically about is, is a guy that's six foot nine on your team. I know you got other players, but he literally stands out in Gavin Keller and watching him against Fargo Oak Grove the other night and just kind of some other games this season. He's playing like that six foot nine frame where he's being aggressive. He's getting after shots and rebounds. And, and as a coach, I know you can't coach height, but it's really nice to have some height on your team in basketball, right, Brad? Exactly. It's always nice to have a 6'9 kid. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, early on, we didn't think he was being as aggressive as we needed him to be. Uh, I think he's now becoming a factor on both ends of the floor. Uh, he's being very disrupt- disruptive on the defensive end, contesting shots, blocking shots, rebounding better. 
uh, and he's being more assertive offensively. He's improved his uh, stats offensively uh, after uh, January 1st, so hopefully that continues for him. We're talking with Kinder Boys basketball head coach. That's Brad Whalen. Brad, you know, you got four seniors on your team, uh, a- Andrew Fryer and Dawson Schaefer. I know Fryer went off for, for a lot of points against Fargo Oak Grove the other night as well. What has it been about this senior leadership uh, along with some of the guys that are juniors and maybe a little bit underclassmen that's just kind of gelled to this point of the season, Brad? Well, we do have a combination of some experience, and then we have some younger kids that we have in our rotation right now. And Dawson, Andy uh, have been starting for three years, so they know what it takes to get to the top, and they've showed excellent leadership this second half of the season. Uh, And that's been uh, kind of the key that has sparked our run here lately. You know, when when Kindred is playing well on the on on the court, Brad, what is kind of your your themes or what's been the the goals so far this year? Because you guys have a nice winning streak going on right now. I know you're still climbing that proverbial mountain before you get to the Region One tournament, and that's where you know everything goes away in terms of records from the regular season. But when Kindred's playing well, what are you seeing as a coach? Well, I think we've always kind of prided ourselves on playing good defense. We think defense travels no matter for playing uh, at Fargo Grove or we're playing in the regional tournament. So we've always prided ourselves on playing really good defense and limiting teams to one shot uh, on the offensive end. Uh, But this year we're uh, a little bit more explosive on the offensive end. We got some good balance. We got three guys consistently in double figures. And then we have a couple other guys that are right there at that 8-9 mark. So we're getting a lot of production from many different peoples, and it kind of varies on any given night. And I know we mentioned it about Region 1, but it seems like this year, Brad, you know, four wins Milwaukee uh, loses to Thompson, so all of a sudden you look down and no one's undefeated again. And at the end of the day, it seems like Class B boys basketball this year, there's a lot of really, really good teams, but I think very similar to what we said earlier about Region 1, Brad, there's got to be some parity across the state when you're playing these non-region games, right? Exactly. We've uh, we've seen some of these top-ranked teams at summer team camps uh, just this past summer, um, and I think we kind of held our own against them. Um, but yes, there's a lot of parity across the state. Um, it's going to be a dogfight, not only in Region 1, but also to win a state title. Last couple of questions here for head coach Brad Well for the Kindred Vikings. Brad, you know, when the Class B went to the one through four seating, now one through five, as a coach, did that just kind of make you go, okay, we, we got a good region, but let's go and schedule some other teams out of region because, hey, if we find ourselves in a state tournament, maybe we can be a one, two, three seed. Has, has that helped, do you think, Class B boys basketball in general or Class B basketball just to have that ranking where you, you, you want to attain a goal which is to win your region. But if you win your region, you also want to try to be a C going into that state tournament. Yeah, we wanted to increase the strength of our schedule. That was kind of a goal a couple of years ago. Um, and we scheduled DGF, which is really having a, a good year. And then Hatton North would approach us last year, and I knew they were um, going to be a good team. I thought they'd be a top three team in that region. Obviously, they're at the top of, the, of region two right now. So I, I think strengthening your schedule – is something that's going to help any given team uh, at the end of the year. It's It's been a lot of fun, Brad, to see what your uh, squad has done. Last thing before I let you go, I know I just looked down, there's a handful of games left before I get to the, the Region 1 tournament. Ultimately, as a coach, what do you want to see now until you get to that Region 1 tournament in, in March from your team here, Brad? 
Well, I think just continuing to play consistent basketball on both ends of the court. Uh, we're dealing with some sickness right now. I think we've got five or six kids that are out. So hopefully we get healthy here. I, I think that's a key for any team uh, going down the stretch run. Without question, get those kids some chicken noodle soup and hopefully they get back to the court. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Brad, thank you very much for your time. Best of luck throughout the month of February here, and we'll see you at a court pretty soon, okay? Thanks for having me. Let's get to our fan phone line. With us is Moorhead Spud Boys hockey coach. That's John Ammerman. The Spuds this season, 18-4-1. They're 9-1-1 in Section 8AA, and the tournament starts up on Tuesday where the Spuds tangle with the Bemidji Lumberjacks. And with that being said, let's bring John Ammerman with us. And, uh, John, you get to this time of the year in February, and I know early March is always the goal. They make it down to the Excel Energy Center. In Minnesota high school hockey, what's special about this time of the year, understanding what's away? you getting to that tournament time john hey good uh good to talk to you and uh glad to be on but uh yeah as you mentioned this time of the year is uh it's what you look forward to and uh the culmination of a 15 16 week season it really comes down to about a week and a half so uh you wait all year for an opportunity to, to play in st paul and and now starting next Tuesday, it's about a week and a half. And, and uh, if you can put three wins together, you have a chance to go down to St. Paul. And you guys always put a uh, daunting uh, sched non-conference schedule and even a sectional together here. John, what, what have you seen about your team way back in November on the 22nd when you squared off with YZ or two? I know you got a game coming up here and you just beat uh, Brainerd and a date with Hill Murray on Saturday. Where have you seen your team grow from November to where they are right now going into this run where you know that it's win or go home, as like you said? <clears throat> Yeah, you know, it seems like uh, quite a long time ago uh, we were just facing off down in, down in Plymouth, like you mentioned. But, um, you know, really the biggest growth that we've seen is, is some of our, uh, our older guys being consistent. We found some secondary scoring uh, on the Max Dronin and Michael Overbull lines. Uh, Kai Holm has, has scored a few goals here as of late, Lucas Spear as well. Uh, and then uh, we've gotten consistent scoring from our top our top players. Uh, Triggs, Johnson, and Jess uh, have been scoring in bunches all year from the drop of the puck. And, and Luke Grammer on the back end has been uh, exceptionally good these last couple weeks. Um, but, you know, another consistent that we found, too, is uh, Hudson Hodges has been very good. So we've had some... Uh, some very good performances from some seniors, but now the second half we've really seen some growth in some of our younger players or, or some of our role players, and they're contributing in all facets uh, of the game, which has been really fun to see. And I know you mentioned uh, Kai Holm again, a left winger, and it wasn't too long ago, just a day or two ago, uh, John, that he committed to going to West Point. So what's that like for you just seeing guys that are within your program, whether it's staying on the ice or, or you know, going to their next phase of their career when you get a guy like Kai that's going to, you know, serve our country in terms of uh, your left winger heading to West Point? Yeah, obviously incredibly proud of uh, the person that Kai is. Uh, he's He's been playing awesome hockey-wise, but, you know, Kai is uh, a character kid that's obviously worked very hard in school, and uh, now his hard work is paying off. He, he's gone through a pretty extensive process to be able to not only apply, but also uh, interview and, and now be accepted to go to West Point. So 
Um, he's, uh, he's a pretty cool kid, uh, away from the rink, but he's an outstanding student and a great kid. Um, but with that, you know, we, we do, we have a lot of academic kids on our team. Um, obviously, you know, in our end, they're very good hockey players, but, uh, that is one thing with this group is, uh, not only are they successful on the ice, but really in the classroom too. We, we have a number of kids that, uh, have already, uh, kind of decided that, a few going to Carlson School of Business at the University of Minnesota. Um, a few others pursuing some different interests, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a unique group of kids that uh, that work extremely hard and are just great kids to be around, which makes it very fun as a as a coach. Morehead Spud Boys hockey coach John Ammerman with us here. The Spuds again, eighteen four and one on the season. And John, in the game of hockey, it's different than the game of basketball or football because you might have some guys that are pretty good that might be talented enough to go to a USHL before they go to college. Other times, you got guys who are finding their way through their sophomore, junior, senior season and maybe get a chance to go to the next level. But when you got a kid like Carter Rancliffe who was in your program that's still playing locally in your backyard with the Fargo Force and and others who have been able able to play in a ushl or a league like that how does that speak volumes just to your program in terms of kids who are doing well on the academic side but taking that next step and having a chance to develop through your system and continue their you know hockey career john well you know it's been something that uh, we've prided ourselves in morehead for quite some time uh you know not only giving kids the high school experience but also a quality developmental experience where they're able to come up through more youth hockey and, and then play for our program and uh, step right into the next level. Um, as you mentioned, Carter plays uh, over in Fargo and now is back from a, a knee injury and playing extremely well. Uh, Ethan, Ethan Frisch is up the road in, in Grand Forks and playing extremely well for the number one ranked team in the country in, in UND. And um, if anything, it shows some of our young kids, um, you know, whether they be middle school kids or even kids on our team that uh, this is a place that you can you can stay here at home you can develop as a kid um, play high school hockey but you also with that can develop into a pretty good hockey player too um, you know in the I think thing that makes it even more unique is everybody comes back in the summer and and our kids get to skate and be around those kids as role models and leaders somebody like Will Borgen who's playing in the American Hockey League right now out in uh, the Buffalo Sabres organization comes back and not only coaches our kids, but skates with a lot of our, our high school kids in the off season. So those things um, are, are something that has been set up through years, uh, you know, with Matt and um, Ryan Kraft and, and some of the people that have come back and Chris Vanavildi and Brian Lee, but uh, now continuing on to the next generation. That's fun for those kids to be a part of, and, and hopefully that tradition continues. John, when you mention about family with someone who maybe comes from out of town that moves or let's say uh, someone's playing against the Spuds and, and they haven't played against Moorhead before and they're trying to learn more uh, about the program a little bit, what is the best definition of family? And, and just give us even some of the stuff that you said with, with Kraft and alongside Matt Collin in terms of what it means to truly be a Moorhead Spud and wear that black, wear that orange, and wear that white on a night-in-night-out basis or come back and able to wear that or, you know, give a little bit, uh, as you kind of mentioned, give back to the community in some way, five, 10, maybe 15 years after your playing career is done in Moorhead. Well, and I, I don't know that it's, it's exceptionally unique, but the one thing that uh, is awesome right now that we have going is a lot of those people, like you mentioned, have come back. 
so the the players that did go or the people that did go and, and get college degrees or play at the next level, a lot of them now are back and they're raising their family here in Moorhead. So we're starting to get uh, into second, third, fourth generation buds that are that are hockey families, uh, and and that I think is one thing that uh, this this group of kids especially makes it unique is there's a lot of Moorhead names uh, here. Some of the last names that we have on our team this year, uh, whether it be Graham or Gregoire, Frisch, uh, and among others, they played on some of those early 90 teams that went to the state tournament for the first couple times. And uh, their their fathers played and obviously played for Coach Cullen and, and had a very successful careers. They went and, uh, you know, did their thing in college, but now they're back with their kids coming through. So, it's, uh, it's that generational thing where uh, we're building upon uh, a lot of hard work of some people from previous years. And, and hopefully now those kids, they have a great experience here and, and they go do their thing. But then when they start their family, they come back and carry on the tradition. Are you able to, John, a lot with uh, applying your teaching hat from social studies? Are you able to give some history lessons, so to speak, uh, to your team throughout the season with Moorhead Hockey? Well, you know, that's that's just it. With some of those family or those generations through it, they grow up in it, right? They uh, right. they hear stories from their dads, and uh, and I'm I'm sure they they see video uh, from their dads, and and now it's their turn, and and that's really fun, and and that's what makes this last couple weeks of February and first week in March really really fun and exciting for sure. Last thing for head Moorhead Spuds, Spuds Boys uh, hockey coach again, John Emmerman. John, you know, you get to this time of the year, and I know we kind of bookend it with what makes it special, but what does it take now once you get this, that, this time of the year to go through a sectional tournament and try to get back to a state tournament run here, John? Well, we feel we're playing really well, and, and we all, we've had a great season, but ultimately people don't remember the wins in December and January. Um, you know, part of it is, is playing your best hockey, and I think we have that. But the other part is you have to get a little lucky, too. You know, bounces have to go your way, and uh, you have to play through some adversity here. So the next week and a half are going to be exciting, but uh, hopefully things go well and, and we're able to uh, continue that momentum that we've built through the season and, and play well through the end of February and hopefully play well down in, in St. Paul in a few weeks. Coach Ammerman, thank you very much for your time. Best of luck coming up, I know, with the Hill Marine alongside your, your uh, first uh, sectional 8AA tournament game against Brainerd on uh, Tuesday, excuse me, against Bemidji, the Lumberjacks, on Tuesday. Best of luck, uh, obviously, once you get to postseason play, okay? Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Moorhead Spud Boys hockey coach John Ammerman with us here on our Wings and Rings Coaches Show. Again, the Spuds. 18-4-1 and one on the season, and I believe trying to get to their seventh straight section championship appearance